Welcome to the Dunker Punks podcast. I'm your host, M. Gresh, and I use she, her pronouns. What does a faith community look like? The first churches were almost unrecognizable from those we worship in today. When we think about the first churches of the brethren, even those meeting houses are a far cry from our places of worship now, with our electronics and even our organs. In this episode, we are hearing from Colby at the Wichita First Church of the Brethren as she interviews three young people from her congregation, Ava, Lydia, and Molly. In their conversation, they discuss the importance of community and openness in the context of keeping members in the church. Welcome everyone. My name is Colby. I am a member of the Wichita First Church of the Brethren Church here in Kansas. Um, And we're doing a Dunker Punks podcast with three young women. And I'm so excited to have all three of you here today. Um, When our church was asked to do a podcast and provide a topic of whatever we wanted to choose, I really struggled with that because I didn't know what what to talk about. But then I thought, who, who else in our church congregation maybe doesn't have the opportunity to hear their voices being shared, to have opinions that maybe aren't valued. And, and myself, I work with, with seventh through 12th graders. So I, I know that young, young people have a lot to say, and I wanted to provide this opportunity to have some youth, have some input. And I think the young adults that listen to this podcast, Um, are going to be more receptive to hearing your opinions and potentially bringing even some of their idea, your ideas back to their congregation. So thank you all for being here. We've got just a few questions that we're going to kind of discuss and, and provide input on this, uh, because I think that you guys have a very important part of the church, whether it's our church, the greater church of the brethren, or even just the word church in general, regardless of what denomination it may be. So start by, we'll just kind of go in a circle. We'll start over here with Ava. Okay. Share your name. Um, talk about your age (coughs) if you want to, and just share some info about yourself. How did you get started in our church here at Wichita First Church with Brethren? Well, I'm Ava Johnson and I'm in ninth grade and, um, I'm 15 years old. So, that's makeup and I'm a best man mm-hmm. and I started here because I was born in, in a school. Yep. So you started here since you've been born. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I'm Lydia and I'm in my senior year and I'm also, yeah, I think I'm 18. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was kind of I've grown up in this church, uh, yeah, as well. I'm Molly, and I'm 18, and I'm a senior. I was born into this denomination, and I think it fits most of my beliefs still. And I'm I'm the same way. I was born into this denomination, and I, I st- still think it fits to who I am and who I am becoming as well, for sure. So um, what are some activities that you guys have participated in and you've really connected with through the church? So some things that I thought of that I connect with um, 
have been my faith X trips that I've done. I've gone international, national ones. I used to do camp when I was really young, um, NYC, annual conferences, NYAC, you guys have all heard me talk about that. What are some things that you've really connected with um, as far as activities within the church? Well, I was in Camp Colorado camps and also being I just me to my my pastor learning about God and Jesus, so yeah. Listening to your pastor and attending church camps, especially Colorado. Yes. Camp Colorado, that's popular here. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh well, same with my sister. I have uh, I have gone to Camp Colorado, but I went to National Youth Conference very recently, uh, and and that was such a great experience. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, camp Colorado is the camp that I go to. I went to Camp Matt or Camp Mount Hermon one time, and um, I had a couple experiences that weren't too great. It had nothing to do with the camp. It was just like me figuring things out because I was so little and scared mm-hmm. or something. But um, I'll be going to my last year of Camp Colorado this summer. And then when I was in sixth grade, I'm pretty sure, I went to Camp Mac all by myself. Um, and I did a work camp through FaithX, and it was, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been going to annual conferences since I was pretty little. Um, but this past year, I was able to volunteer as a mic- microphone observer observer and I also got to do a pro- processional dance which was also really cool and then the thing I connect with most is song and story fest it's something that not a whole bunch of people know about but if you go to annual conference you've probably at least heard about it but I feel like it's more of a um it's like the like group of specific brethren that I feel like is what my religion is rather than hmm. the whole denomination. Mm-hmm. And it's like a family. Mm-hmm. And you've got mm-hmm. exciting plans this summer as well, Molly. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? What are you doing? I'm going to Camp Colorado. Oh, actually, yeah, I think I'm going to Camp Colorado first and then I'm going to Oregon, Portland, Oregon for another FaithX trip. And I'll be going to snow cap i think it's just like a shelter i'm not a hundred percent sure everything about that trip yet um and i'll be going to annual conference um i'm pretty sure oh and then i'm also gonna be a youth delegate at the district level oh yeah i think i'm still able to do that i think it's in july yes district conference so i'll district see you conference, there yeah. deal deal. Awesome. So we've got some very active members here in multiple levels of of different participations nationally, district, locally. It's awesome and I'm so glad to have you guys here. So so we're going to get into starting some of our deeper questions now. Um, As you guys have seen, as you've grown up, our Church of the Brethren numbers are really beginning to suffer not just in our congregation, which I think you guys have seen our congregation suffer in numbers as well, but also nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing a lot of our population drop, whether it be for various reasons, I don't know. But why do you guys feel like our Church of the Brethren numbers are dropping, and what can we do as a church to maintain our numbers, to keep people a part of the Church of the Brethren? What are your guys' 
thoughts on that? Well, my thought is just work together and keep the keep the church moving on, and so we can um, connect people and be together and reach from another people doing about God and Jesus. Mm -hmm. So keep the church moving so that everyone can stay connected? Yeah. What's a way that you feel connected? Well, I feel connected by, like, holding on to um, God and Jesus through Mm their house. Uh, Through their house. Holding on to God and Jesus in their house. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. How can we keep our church numbers? What's, What's the issue and how can we keep our church numbers up? Well, um, I kind of think that religion isn't solving the same problems as it used to. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people have, they think that one denomination or one group in Christianity is like all the others. And I think a lot of people's perception of Christianity now is that Christians are very judgy and Mm -hmm. conservative. Um, And that's not true of all all churches and denominations. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That we're not all the same. That we're not all a particular stereotype that others can be set apart for sure. So how can we as Church of the Brethren set ourselves apart from the others, the the quote-unquote negative part of Christianity? And that's a tough question that I just sprung on you, so yeah. do you well, need a minute to think, or should I come back to you? Um, I have, of course, I think of a very strong emphasis on community, mm-hmm. and um, just kind of just the church not being completely theistic but also just making room for the um yeah just a more communal aspect i love that word community it's a great great word thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing Mm -hmm. that reminds me um we are all in um, a sunday school class together and this year instead of studying christianity we decided to study every other religion instead Um, and so we recently just, like, wrapped up the, like, I think it was, like, top five major religions, and we, like, pulled everything that we believed in from all these other religions and that we, like, also think are, like, true for us, even as Christians, questioning Christians, and then when we finished those, we... And we're still working on a book. Um, I think it, yeah, it's called Unbelievable by John Sprong or something. John Shelby Sprong. Shelby Sprong, Sprong. yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, like, he's like a Christian person who is is like calling out Christianity. And I think that our, our whole class really likes that book because we're all like, we're all Christians, but we all don't like calling ourselves Christians because of the type of Christians we see in the world. Mm-hmm. So we're like um, reading this book uh, with the lens of like Christianity has to change, and that's why we don't want to call ourselves Christians anymore. 
Um, that's also why we all took a baptism class and then mm-hmm. decided not to get baptized. Mm-hmm. And um, I would I just watched a baptism on Easter Sunday, and I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to get... Well, I mean, at this point, I don't think I will ever do that because it's just like, there's, I don't know, like, I don't know. There's a stigma but, that comes with yeah, the name of Christian. Yeah, and I don't, I still am not comfortable with that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like younger people um, like us or like me, we don't want a super defined label. We just like the beliefs and like the broadened sense of ideas that we have and lots of people don't come to church anymore because the churches are like this is what we believe this is what you believe if you're here and it's like people don't want that um and like younger people are like forming more ideas and they're like busy so they can't physically show up or Mm -hmm. whatever that may be Mm -hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. and so I gather that you guys prefer a more spiritualistic view yes. rather than like an organized church. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I think people are definitely gravitating to something more spiritual and uh yeah, being in a church and having most of the emphasis be on belief is um it's it's just a little hard and one of the reasons why I think this place is really meaningful to me because of the people. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I I agree with that, at least in our particular congregation, is that I come for the people and, mm-hmm. and the community that I built and the connections and the ability to share spiritual beliefs with one another, even if they are slightly different, because we're, I think our church congregation is going to start having some tough conversations with other activities we're going to be getting involved in later this month and even Mm. today Today. during during our roundtable discussions for church which i'm excited to experience but Mm -hmm. but i even appreciate our church's openness and ability to just have those conversations and still be in within the same body and and spiritual gathering together so Mm -hmm. so then um what concept idea statement do you think is most important to people of your age when it pertains to church spiritualism? What is most important to you guys when it comes to finding a spiritual place to be at? What's most important to you guys when it comes to a spiritual place to be at? So the most important thing of the spiritual place here is knowing that, uh, that um, this place is like spiritual place and we can stay here and we like like we know all the people here and we um, we also been here because we Learn about this place. We have um, people that we are like uh, friends mm-hmm. and family, mm-hmm. and um, some people like my family, friends, and all of like such friends and family. We 
we we come here because we know this place really often and we come here also so it's familiar and it's comfortable you like you like the familiarity and the comfortability of being around people that you know yes yeah so that's really important to you yes cool thank you Sorry, can I hear the question You again? bet. What concept or idea or statement do you think is most important to church members of your age group when it comes to finding a spiritual place? Well, I don't think I can really uh, speak for, I don't think I can speak for everybody mm-hmm. of my age group. But I know personally, I kind of need, I guess I kind of need something that feels that feels confident and and certain in some things that I do not feel certain or confident in and yeah, yeah. like it, it fills the void where you feel like you're lacking in somewhere else does that make sense something some, a little bit like that something like that um, that yes. provides security where maybe you feel unstable or something like that Yes, like there is this big, unknown. There, there's these big unknowns, and um, the church can provide an answer. And you know, there's no way to know if it's the truth or not. But mm-hmm. I'd just appreciate any answers that are that are mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That reminds me. I think it, I just like in the past like 24 hours, I was just like thinking, and I was like. What if, like, the world is, like, so expansive that everybody's ideas are just, like, true? Mm. And, like, there's so much space for everything to be true that, like, it doesn't even matter, like, like what's right. Like, maybe there isn't a right answer. Maybe, like, because mm-hmm. also, like, with, like, different, and this is kind of, like, I don't know, weird, but, like, just, like, with all the, like, multiverse possibilities or whatever, I don't know. It could be that, like, everyone's idea of, like, what happens maybe actually true for them and that's why we can't understand each other because like mm. we can only see what's actually true for us or something mm-hmm. but i don't know i just got that idea so that's such an existential <laughs> answer the multiverse in there i love yeah, it i, love I it. don't know but um uh yeah so like maybe all of our ideas fit into the like expansive sp- space or i have no idea but mm-hmm. um like, I think the space we have right now with our very small class is nice because we can question everything and our teacher is totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, like, the slogan, Peacefully Simply Together, is, like, friends hanging out in a podcast talking about their beliefs. Like, it just, like, makes sense that that's, like, a brother thing to do. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's like a a good way to like all connect and then another thing is that like when I go to college next year I won't have a church of the brethren to like go to like in person Mm -hmm. but there's a ecumenical center that has like pub theology on Sunday nights or something and I feel like it'd be really cool to talk to people of different religions and like just talk to them about everything Mm -hmm. because it's like it's not like pub theology run by Christians. It's like pub theology run by like 
a bunch of people of different religions or maybe people who don't have a religion. Um, but I feel like um, people need more just completely open lens conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. All right. If you could have the opportunity to speak with someone within leadership of the church, what would you want for them to know or what would you want to tell them? If you could speak to anyone and it mm-hmm. could be our pastor, it could be someone within the district, it could be nationwide. If you could have a conversation with someone of leadership within the church, what would you want to talk to them about? Well, I would say a pastor because... Um, he knows all about God and Jesus, and mm-hmm. so we can communicate them by using our pastor to know all about them. Yeah, so our pastors are someone that you could talk to about stuff like that, about Jesus and God, and yeah. if you have any questions, you could talk to him. Yes, and we can like communicate him mm-hmm. um, so that we can like know like we are connected with them mm-hmm. connected with our god and jesus yeah and and i want to say god and jesus is in us and through us mm-hmm. by using our pastor that's beautiful god and jesus is within us through our pastor yes. that's awesome thank you for sharing yeah. um so at this past annual conference there was a statement at the very end that a lot of like youth especially I think mm-hmm. were like really resonating on and adults who are sick and tired of waiting to hear that mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I'm really hoping that when I'm volunteering again this year and it will be hard to keep a straight face because I'm not allowed to have a, like opinions shown while I'm in front of everyone but I'm hoping that I'll hear like actual like um, instead of just, like, the elephant in the room, I hope that there'll be actual conversations, and so, um, I, I want to ask, like, the whole church in general, I guess, like, what is stopping you from coming out and saying that our church supports everyone, regardless of their gender or sexuality identity, because as, um, like, a youth who doesn't even think twice about this, Um, it, we need to hear a voice of opinion to affirm this, um, because silence is painful. Mm -hmm. Sometimes silence just aids in the anti-space, right? Like Mm -hmm. by not saying something, you're against it, you know, Mm -hmm. by, by being quiet, you're not helping at all. Yeah. Not you specifically, but the you generalized you. Yeah. 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 I think that. I think that being open is very important, uh, especially to, especially to, uh, growth and community and, well, uh, many other things. Um, never mind. I don't know how to, I don't know. Um, putting words into a good order is Mm -hmm. hard. (laughs) It's tricky. And so I'll say the elephant in the room. We're talking about being open and affirming to all gender identities, all, um, like orientations, sexual orientations, whatever it may be. That's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. And I'm seeing some head nods. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Yes, and I feel like I feel like having a stance on that is always very political, and I wish there was a but way it's to not. It shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I think I wish, I wish there was a way we could be open and affirming without it feeling political. Like like you yeah. said, mm-hmm. like, like it, it should be. Mm-hmm. Like it should just be a given. You, like it should be. Like you don't have to be like. Like I don't know. Like for example, like at my school. It's sad that we have to go around to each individual room and give them a safe space sticker, and then it's like, oh, everywhere's safe except for these rooms. It should be like, every room is fine, Mm -hmm. but, and, I don't know. So it's like, almost every single room has one, but then the ones that don't, it's like, just like sad that that's Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, National Day of Silence was on... Friday, mm-hmm. and um, my school hasn't done it in the past, but I wanted to have our school do it, so I helped organize with a lot of people, and we, instead of, like, physically being actually silent, because then we can't really do much at school, mm-hmm. we decided to wear all black clothing, like it's a funeral for people who have been lost for being silenced, mm-hmm. and um, our school looked like the theme was black and white day. Because there are people who had to go out of their way to change their clothes for the day to show us why we still need change, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So am I understanding that you guys hope that we move towards an open and affirming stance Mm -hmm. for the entire denomination? Yeah. That we can be open and accepting to everyone that walks in our doors, regardless of who they love or how they identify or anything like that? Yeah. I think you guys are some great voices to push for that and mm-hmm. I hope that for our church as well personally 100 mm-hmm. percent on me I want that for yeah. us too it kind of feels like at least because I grew up in this church it feels like the church of the brethren is open and affirming and like I guess like the other people who aren't in our denomination it just doesn't make sense like why that is happening yeah. like it seems like I don't know maybe it needs to be like two different if that's an issue for people, then maybe it does need to be two different groups. Because mm-hmm. it seems like the first church of the brethren that I know is affirming. Mm-hmm. But and I, I think we are in our own little safe bubble here yeah. in Wichita because we are relatively open and affirming. Generally speaking, we're not officially that yet by any means, but, but I think we feel really open and affirming because we're really comfortable with who we are and the area where we are. But I think a lot of our East Coast churches would feel differently about that, the more traditionalist ones. And so as we get out and we become more vocal within our own support stance of this, we're going to see that there's more, um, more that are not for this, unfortunately, um, within our own denomination. Yeah. Lydia. I think, um, and I, and I think moreover to like, to, to, I, I guess, acknowledge the elephant in the room, uh, the, the, our, the, the open, and affor- open and affirming, I mean, just knowing that the LGBTQ community, it is normal mm-hmm. to, it is normal to, um, you know, it is normal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Gosh, Valid. words, they're, words are... They're people. They're people yeah. that deserve to be loved. Yeah, and but God it's also, loves them. 
Yeah, but it's also like completely not. It's it's just a natural thing. That, it's a thing. Yes, <laughs> and it's a natural part of existence. Mm-hmm. My words are just not working today. That's okay because we're gonna end on a really positive note. I have to know what your favorite dessert are. Desserts are like, oh, oh I know, right? Like we're getting real oh, juicy. This is the controversy because if someone says brownies. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. I love a good brownie. So what's your favorite dessert? And we're going to end on this topic today. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff I love. Dessert, <laughs> Can but... you pick just one? Yes. I like brownies. Brownies. Yes. <laughs> Ava gets it. What's your favorite dessert, Lydia? Stuff with chocolate. I don't know. Just stuff with chocolate. Love it. Yes. I have my top three. Um... <laughs> she comes with a list. <laughs> um, well... I am in my cheesecake era right now, yes. so blueberry cheesecake is probably number one right now. And then um, there's, I think it's like private selection at like the store, but it's like dark chocolate raspberry ice cream. It's very good because it's like really creamy, but then like chunky chocolate in it, and it's so good. And it's like because I love fruity candy and chocolate candy, so it's like perfect that it's like all in there and then I also love brownies too so again chocolate lovers in here I love it so I want to say thank you so much to Ava Lydia and Molly for joining today joining the Donker Punks podcast hopefully we can get you guys to be listening and start a new wave share this with your friends and say hey look at this I was on a young adult podcast I'm so cool because you guys are super legit um so Thank you all, and we encourage those that are listening on the Dunker Punks podcast to have these conversations with their youth and their congregations because they have a voice too and they have wonderful opinions that deserve to be heard. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. So much. Don't wanna be ignorant. Don't wanna be blindfolded. I just wanna be. Countercultural. Churches around the world are reporting that numbers keep going down. Churches are closing, and many of those still hanging on seem to be shrinking. In today's interviews, the young women identified several issues key to this shrinking size. The church isn't as fulfilling to today's young people as it was for previous generations. This reminds me of Haggai chapter 1. Here is a passage taken from the message translation. A message from God of the angel armies. The people procrastinate. They say this isn't the right time to rebuild my temple, the temple of God. Shortly after that, God said more and Haggai spoke it. How is it that it's the right time for you to live in your fine new homes while the home, God's temple is in ruins? And then, a little later, the God of Angel Army spoke out again. Take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And what of the people who work for you? What are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted out bucket, that's what. 
That's why the god of the angel army said, Take a good hard look at your life. Think it over. This is the place where many of us are at in our home congregations. Our communities have spent money for decades, but our communities are dwindling, and the money doesn't flood in the way that it used to. It isn't the right time for a new project. We can barely keep the doors open and the lights on. The context for this passage is that when the people of Israel moved back to Jerusalem, they started to rebuild. Their priorities were in order at the beginning, and they laid that foundation for God's house. Then they started to rebuild their own homes, and God's temple sat unfinished and crumbling for a decade. They weren't building God's home, but stocking up their storerooms on earth. Let's go back to that passage of Haggai 1. Then God said, Here's what I want you to do. Climb into the hills and cut some timber. Bring it down and rebuild the temple. Do it just for me. Honor me. You've had great ambitions for yourselves, but nothing has come of it. The little you have brought to my temple I've blown away. There was nothing to it. And why? This is a message from God of the angel armies, remember. Because while you've run around, caught up with taking care of your own houses, my home is in ruins. That's why. Because of your stinginess. And so I've taken, given you a dry summer and a meager crop. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by decreeing a season of drought drying up fields and hills, withering gardens and orchards, stunting vegetables and fruit. Nothing, not man or woman, not animal or crop, is going to thrive. Reading these passages, I can't help but wonder how we are matching God's gifts to us with our own giving. For years, we have spent our money building and maintaining the house of God, but is it really God's home? Or is it a place where we go to talk about God? I don't think that the two are the same thing. They overlap, certainly, but God's home isn't just a place to talk about God. It's a place where God is present and vital in all that occurs there. Some of you may have seen the film Encanto. If you haven't, it's pretty good. In the film, the house that the family lives in is alive, communicating with and helping the family with their tasks and lives. It has an opinion, desires, and its own voice in which it communicates. This vitality is what is missing from many of our churches. The building isn't practically bursting with God's love and opinions and sheer voice. We're missing the point of church. Those house churches in the past didn't have fancy buildings, but they had the fire of the resurrection powering them. The old brethren meeting houses may not have had a sound system, but they certainly knew how to praise God. Part of what powers all of this is community. We often hear things about how our church is a relational church, one built on relationships. I have seen this play out in two distinct ways. 
The first kind of relational church is exactly what you would expect. Each person is intentionally greeted, offers to join groups are extended authentically and often, and nobody feels excluded. The other has plenty of relationships with each other. When a new person walks into the second kind of relationship-oriented church, they are met with knots of people. When we are met with new people, who our churches are becomes very obvious. When we look at our churches from the inside, it's not always clear what we are doing or why we're doing it. Our decisions morph into a blend of, this is the easiest way, and this is how we've always done it, to the detriment of being intentional about our choices. In a church with no children, for example, the nursery likely has a layer of dust over every toy and no working markers. But nobody notices, because on a typical Sunday, there's nobody in the nursery. Like the Jews in Haggai, we have been building our own houses for long enough. It's time to work on rebuilding God's home now. Mostly, I just want to be me. For listening. The Dunker Punks podcast is produced by youth, young adults, and the young at heart. We lead one another and strive to follow Jesus with our entire hearts. We are radical, nonconformist, united, diverse, and nonviolent. We pray for one another, study with one another, and work together to create the kingdom we all desire. The episode was created by M. Colby and Tyler North. Jacob Kraus creates our music. Suzanne Lay manages production. Wichita First Church of the Brethren, Long Green Valley Church of the Brethren, Living Stream Church of the Brethren, Warrensburg Church of the Brethren, Beacon Heights Church of the Brethren, Arlington Church of the Brethren, and On Earth Peace sponsor the show. Be a part of the Dunker Punks podcast. Annual conference is quickly approaching. We are currently recruiting interviewers to participate in live recording sessions with annual conference leadership. Email dpp at arlingtoncob.org to join in or to recommend a youth or young adult. Dunker Punk's donor with a designated tax-deductible donation on ACOB's PayPal site. You can find the link on the right sidebar of our homepage, www.arlingtoncob.org DPP. Did you know that each member of every episode team is compensated for their time? Become a DPP partner if you also value hearing from young adult voices. $150 pays the honorarium for a full show, but even just $5 adds up when put together with other donations. And that's what this podcast is all about. Overcoming barriers to come together in faith. Our latest episodes and all our current initiatives and ways to connect and support via our link tree. HTTPS colon slash slash L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Dunkerpunks pod. Apply or recommend a young person to be an audio contributor to create your own episode. Whatever is on your heart and happening in your faith journey.
We are currently recruiting interviewers for our Seasoned Ministers series. To suggest an episode or series idea, email dpp at arlingtoncob.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Our next episode will be a group interview of Pastor Nancy Fitzgerald by the ACOB Youth about those concluding ministry and hope for the future. See you then. I don't want to be violent, don't want to have a vendetta, don't want to be vengeful, no.